You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. If you have your Bibles this evening, and if it's your custom to do so, would you stand with me and honor the reading of the Word? We're turning tonight to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8. And we're going to begin reading in verse 21. Jeremiah chapter 8. And we're going to begin reading in verse 21. As you're finding that in your Bibles this evening, I do want to just pause and thank your pastor and his wonderful wife for allowing us to come and to minister here at uh, Christ the King. It is such a privilege to be with them. You have a wonderful pastor and wife. You are blessed of the Lord. Amen? The Bible says that he would give us Uh, pastors after his own heart, and I've been well acquainted with Brother and Sister Romine for a number of years, and I can tell you that these are wonderful people with a heart for the kingdom of God, and this church is blessed for having them as their leaders. Amen? Amen. So thank you, Brother Romine, for allowing us to be here. Now, when I first began preaching some years back, whenever it was, I had an elder missionary come to me and give me some advice that I've done my best to live by, some good, solid ministry advice. Just before I walked up on the platform one night, this elder missionary who's since passed away pulled me aside. He said, Brother Borders, I want to give you some advice about ministering the Word to the people of God. I said, all right. And I prepared to receive something from this elder. And he said, "Uh, this is my advice. Preach good. And then he just looked at me. Mmm, yes, brother. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe if I go look it up in the Greek, you know, good means something real deep or something. I'm really trying to figure out what he had to say, and then he kind of grinned at me and said, and if you can't preach good, preach short. <laughs> and uh, it has been my goal every time I preach to do one or the other, and preferably a little bit of both. Uh, so we're going to attempt to do one or the other tonight, and preferably a little bit of both. Amen? Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 21, if you're there, would you say amen? Amen. For the hurt, everyone say the hurt. For the hurt of the daughter of my people, am I hurt? I am black, or I am in mourning. Astonishment hath taken hold on me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Amen. The people are hurt. And Jeremiah asks the question, why? Why are you still hurting? Isn't there help for you? And tonight, by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to speak to you from this subject, the conflicting natures of the hurt and the healed. Amen. The conflicting natures of the hurt and the healed. One more time tonight, could we go to the Lord in prayer? Let's ask that God would help us in the ministry of His Word. Dear Lord, we thank You for being here in this house tonight. 
Now, God, we feel you even now amongst your people. And I pray, God, that you would help us in the delivery of your word. Lord, I am just a man. I have nothing to offer in myself. But, God, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay tonight. Help me, God, to minister it as I have felt it in prayer today. God, bless your people tonight. Give them ears to hear the word of the Lord. And I pray, God, that you would do a work that you would get glorified for. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. And could you just clap your hands to the Lord this evening? Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do tonight. We thank you now, God. We receive the word with gladness in our hearts. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated this evening. Amen. Now, you'll have to give me just a little bit of a runway tonight. We're going to go somewhere. We're not going real deep tonight, but it's going to take me a while to get to the, even the shallow waters. So just bear with me. Amen. If you've lived life very long at all, you'll find that it is full of ups and downs. Life is full of various emotions and experiences and seasons. When we're children, I am blessed to be the father of a seven-year-old and a five-year-old daughter, and it's a wonderful age because I get to relive my own childhood. And, and the things that they do, I remember doing and feeling and seeing. And uh, it, it is a wonderful time, childhood, because the smallest things just put you on the mountaintop. You really don't need big stuff to make you just giddy with joy as a child. Even the smallest things are just wow moments in your life, simple things. My children clamor for toys, no matter how cheap. Even the dollar store will suffice. The kinder eggs that they don't even eat the chocolate. They just want the little thing inside that they're going to lose in the next 15 minutes anyway. But for those 15 minutes, they're on the mountaintop. It's exciting, these simple things. A piece of candy, even just a mint from somebody, makes it a wonderful day in the life of a child. But as we get older, it takes a little bit more to excite us. It takes a little bit more to uh, put us on the mountaintop. The mints that the stranger has pulled from their pocket really don't get us excited any longer. In fact, it makes us say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> But there are still joys and there are still excitements even for us adults. I remember getting a little older and buying my first car. And that was this mountaintop moment for my life. Yes, a 1997 Pontiac Sunfire that was going to overheat in the driveway of McDonald's. But I've got a car. And it's cool because it's candy apple red. It won't go very fast, but it looks like it's fast. We progress through life and we get married. And getting married was the best day of my life. Amen. Just the mountaintop of mountaintops. Amen. <laughs> my wife is sitting right here. Having children is one of those mountaintop moments of excitement. Life truly is full of joy. If we really just pause and think about it, we've had a lot of joyful moments in our life. We've had a lot of exciting moments. A lot of moments where it was just felt good to be alive. It's just, it's a good day. Now let us not be naive because just as there are moments of joy, there are also moments of pain. There are moments of hurt. There are moments of sadness. There are 
moments in the process of life where I get hurt. I'm not talking about physical pain tonight. I'm talking about mental and emotional, uh, spiritual pain. Things that come into our lives. Seasons that we enter into. Moments in the valley where it's not a good day. And I've forgotten the moments of joy in my life. And various things bring these moments into our lives. Perhaps a wound comes when uh, someone has wronged us. They have not treated us right. They have not done what they should have done to us and we are hurt by it. Perhaps in the course of living and life we are injured by the words of somebody. The old child's phrase of sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me is not true. Words injure and words hurt even when they were not intended to. They can still cut a little deep. Perhaps that moment of hurt in your life came when you had a unanswered prayer, a a time where you were waiting, expecting something to happen, and it didn't turn out like you thought it would, and doubt crept in, and hurt came into your life. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank tonight. You've been there. We've all been there, and some of us may have even been there, are there tonight. Moment of hurt a moment of fear and doubt and some kind of emotional pain in our life because the truth of the matter is that living life, I'm going to experience these moments. Jesus even tells us that in the world, you're going to have tribulation. As you go through life, there will be pain. There will be suffering. It's not a Christian thing. It's it's not a, a... people outside of the church thing. It's a, it's a human thing. It's a human condition of living in a fallen world. Right. I'm going to have hurt in my life. Now, I told you it's going to take me a little while just to even get to the shallow waters, but bear in mind now that when you're hurt, when you've been wounded by something in your life, you take on a nature. You begin to behave in a certain way. When you're on the mountaintop, you behave in a certain way. You got joy. You're just giddy. You got a big smile on your face. You come into church and you're ready to shake hands and the music is starting. You're ready to dance. You got a nature. But when you're hurt, you got a nature too. Your disposition changes. Your way of thinking changes. Your way of acting begins to change. Now, I've been living in New Zealand with 27 million sheep and so... I came across an article about how to tell if a sheep in the field is hurting. I don't own sheep. I don't own a field. I don't plan to own sheep. I don't know how I came across this article, but I did. And as I began to read this article, of which I don't know why I was reading... I was struck with the similarities between the nature of a wounded sheep and the nature of a wounded saint. The first thing that this article said about noticing the hurt of a sheep is that it will reduce its feed intake. 
when a sheep is hurt, one of the first indicators is that they no longer eat as much as they used to eat before. They're not quick to the trough. They're not quick to the field. They don't dine like they used to dine. And I have noticed over my life in the church that when a saint gets hurt, when they're going through one of those emotional pains, when they're going through that valley, they really don't eat like they ought to eat from the things of the Lord. Their prayer life begins to wane just a little bit. The church attendance begins to fall off just a little bit. And you ask, well, why is that? And I've come to this conclusion. It is so because spending time with the master of mercy is contrary, opposite to the feelings of hurt and anger and revenge that are currently in their mind. They're living in a season of hurt. They're with anger and they're in pain and being around the joy of the Lord, being around the mercy of the master who wants to forgive the ones that have hurt them doesn't seem to fit in with their mindset. So they begin to pull back the peace that comes from the presence of God seems out of place when compared to their life. And so they just don't dine like they used to die. The second thing that will help you decide if that sheep is wounded or hurt. It will change in their nature. They will begin to lick, rub, and scratch at the painful area. All of their attention is on the pain. They're no longer worried about what's around them. They're no longer worried about what's coming toward them. They're just focused on the pain. And and this article said that they would have altered social interaction with the other sheep in the field. Because they were focused on their pain. And it is natural uh, for the wounded individual to put their emphasis on the hurt. To have altered social interactions, every conversation goes back to the hurt. Every time they begin to talk, it, it twists and it turns back to somebody that's wronged them. That moment that they thought was unfair, that thing that has come into their life that they don't feel like they deserved, and it keeps going back to the hurt. All of their attention is on it. All of their focus is on it. I'm hurt. The third sign that the sheep is hurt is that it refuses to move, and the hurting saint oftentimes refuses to move on from the pain. They stay in it so long. Listen to me for just a moment now. They stay in the hurt. They stay in the pain for so long that it becomes their identity. They are the hurt one. They are the one that has been wrong. I am the one that was mistreated. And if I move on from the pain... I lose my very identity. I move on from the pain and I lose the sympathy. And worst of all, if I move on from the story, if I move on from telling everybody what happened to me, I forfeit my right of retaliation and revenge. And I cannot bear the thought that that person, that individual is going to get off scot-free. And so I stay right here in the pain and in the hurt so everybody knows I have been hurt. It's in the nature of hurting people to pull away from spiritual help and to focus on the hurt and the pain. This is who I am. This is my identity. I 
him hurt. But all of a sudden, the voice of Jeremiah cuts through the air. And he's incredulous in our text. In, or just previous to our text, Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 19, he says, Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? And in verse 22, he asks again the rhetorical question, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? And the rhetorical questions obviously have a yes as the implied answer for he says why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered the answer is clear yes there is balm in Gilead yes the physician is near yes the Lord is in Zion and I want to remind this precious church on this Wednesday evening that the Lord is in the house tonight and the Lord is the healer of every pain and the Lord is the healer of every hurt and the Lord is the corrector of every memory and he's the fixer of every story the Lord is the healer and the psalmist will lift his voice in Psalms 103 and verse number 3 and he says of the Lord who forgiveth all thine iniquities yes but who healeth all thy diseases he can heal your body hallelujah for it but he can heal your mind he can heal your emotions he can heal your hurt he can heal that thing that's been keeping you awake at night he can heal the shame he can heal the guilt the the Lord is the healer of all man's disease. Can I just tell you on this Wednesday night that the Lord is present and all I've got to do is let go of that thing I've been holding on to. Let go of all of that pain and let go of the story and let God heal these wounds. In Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number 6 says, Behold, I will bring it health and cure. I will cure them. I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. I will take the hurt. I'll take the wounds. I'll take all the things that have happened in your life. I'll take all of the wrongs and I will give you not just peace but an abundance of peace peace that passes all understanding the joy of the Lord that begins to flow in my life that's what I receive when I meet the Lord in Zion and then Jeremiah asked one final scathing question he's asked these rhetorical questions of the readers he says isn't the Lord there isn't there a balm in Gilead isn't the Lord in Zion? And then he says, since the healer is near, why aren't you healed? Since he's present, since he's the healer of all man's diseases, since he's well able to take care of the hurt, since he's well able to rewrite the story, since he's well able to help you in this time of need, why aren't you healed? And I have come to this final conclusion that I must choose to be healed. That God never forced a miracle on anybody. 
that God never forced me to be healed. And God never forced anybody to accept the power of the Lord. But he said to some people, you got to rise up and start walking. You got to come out of the grave. You got to start to move away from that thing that's been binding you. Well, hallelujah, I just feel the Holy Ghost for a moment right here. And pastor can correct, uh, can correct my theology on Sunday. But I'm of the opinion that Lazarus didn't have to come out of the grave if he didn't want to. I understand the power of God. Nobody can stop the voice of the Lord and all of that. But God never forced a miracle on anybody. And if Lazarus had chosen to stay in his tomb, he would have been just one more dead man in a graveyard full of dead people. And I've got a choice. I can stay in my hurt, and I can stay with my scars, and I can be one more hurt person in a world full of hurt people. I can be one more wronged person in a world full of people that have been wronged. But if I can ever hear the voice of the master calling me towards healing, and I can shake off this stuff and I can come out of that grave and say now Lord I'm ready to be free of the hurt I'm Holy Ghost I'm ready for a new identity I'm tired of being the hurt one I'm tired of being the wronged one I'm tired of being the one in the grave I'm ready to be the one that got a miracle I'm ready to be the one that got the Holy Ghost that changed their life I'm ready for a new identity in Christ and along the way there will be people that try to put that identity hallelujah holy ghost help us there will be people that try to put that identity back on you Somewhere along the way, you got to rise up and say, no, 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 no. That's in my past. I've got a new story. The Lord has healed. But what if they never get what they deserve for what they did to you? That's between them and the Lord. As for me, I've been healed of that hurt, and I carry it no longer. But it doesn't matter to you that God judges them. That's between them and the Lord. Don't put those grave clothes back on me. Don't put that identity back on me. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. And I've got a new nature. Amen. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? You Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God help us now to turn loose. God help us now to turn loose. Hallelujah. Now, I understand that everybody may have their opinions on Facebook, but everybody's got Facebook, most of folks. And one thing that Facebook does is they'll come back with memories. This happened three years ago. Hey, remember this five years ago. Right. And you know what? I think the devil's a little bit like Facebook. Amen. Right. And now you can infer from that what you want. But the devil comes along sometimes and he says, hey, remember this happened a year ago. And just about the time you thought you had the victory. Hey, remember? Hey, remember? Just about the time it's not on your mind anymore and you thought you were over it. Hey, remember? 
Can I just have a little bit of transparency for a moment? Is it all right for the preacher to be honest? I went through a, a season. I went through a valley of hurt. A lot of things happened. A lot of things happened. And I got hurt. Now, this is just honest now. This is between me and you and everybody on the Internet. <laughs> Boy, I hate live streaming. <laughs> so don't tell anybody. I woke up every day for months angry. It the first thought that came to my mind. I woke up, my head came off the pillow, and I was angry. It wasn't right. It wasn't fair. They were telling lies. And for months, that was my default emotion in the morning. I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd feel it, and I'd take it to God, please help me. I get a little relief. And then the next morning, anger. Oh, God, help me. I get a little relief for months. But over the course of time and prayer, that hurt began to get healed. And God began to work. God began to move. And I said, I got victory over this. And then the devil came along and said, hey, memory. And just a couple weeks ago, I had someone come up to me and just drag it all back up again. And that thing I thought I was completely over, Pastor. As though it had never been gone. And I found me a place of prayer in some old attic of a church somewhere that we were at. And I said, God, I got to get healed from this. I can't carry it any longer. I can't go through this anymore. And in the attic of a church, God found me. And he said, I can heal that. I can take care of that. And I want you to know tonight the Lord is the healer of all men's disease. So you may have walked in tonight carrying some bitterness. You may have come in tonight with some stories that you've been telling about all the way you've been wrong. And I've come tonight with a word from the Lord for you that God is a healer of all of those things and when I leave tonight I don't have to carry it anymore that's not my nature that's not my identity that's not who I am because I found the Lord at an altar and God changed my life Oh, friend, and can I tell you that just as the hurt have a nature, the healed have a nature about them. The Bible says that when the Lord would heal someone, that they would have to tell everybody and they would begin to shout and to praise. The book of Acts chapter 3 and verse number 8, the lame man by the gate beautiful was healed by Peter and John. And it says he leaping up stood and he walked and entered with them into the temple and watch what he does he is walking and he is leaping and he is praising God can I tell you that the nature of the healed is that I can't be silent about the goodness of the Lord I cannot be silent about the mercy of God I gotta find somebody to tell him God's been good to me and when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me my soul cries out hallelujah
me. He saved me. He helped me. So if you're looking for a healed person, just look for somebody that's praising the Lord. Look for somebody that it's not hard for them to lift their hands and magnify the Lord. This thing's been about praise from the beginning. Sister Borders, you can come. This thing's been about praise from the beginning. The devil wanted to stop the praise of the Lord. And when I'm walking in the memory of my hurt, I'm not praising. It's hard for me to lift my hands. It's hard for me to talk about the goodness of the Lord because I'm living in the memory of the pain. But when I've been healed, I'm living in the miracle of the master. And it's easy. I've got no chains. I've got no fetters. I can just lift my head. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I've been changed. <laughs> I've been healed. Oh, hallelujah. Would you stand with me tonight? I know it's Wednesday night. I know it's Bible study night. I didn't intend to really just bear into this and preach. But I, I wonder tonight. I don't know any of you. But I know people and people get hurt. People carry memories and people carry the wounds and the scars from the past. And the devil wants to exploit that. That's not just a memory. That's a spiritual thing that's happening. The devil wants to exploit that and keep you bound and keep you hurt. Keep you bitter. Until your nature is to just pull back and fold in upon yourself. And the master came in and said, there is balm in Gilead. The Lord is in Zion. Why aren't you healed? The only thing between you and the healing is just letting it go and letting God take care of all of that past and all of that hurt. So all over the sanctuary tonight, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? Would you begin to talk to the Lord this evening? Whatever you carried in, whatever that hurt may be, whatever that memory that comes back from time to time, would you just pause a moment now? You're in Zion. You're where the balm is. The healer is here. Would you just surrender that to the Lord tonight? Would you just turn loose? You've told the story enough. You've talked about it enough. You've lived in it long enough. It's time to become one of the healed ones. Uh, hallelujah. 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 I'm opening this altar on this Wednesday night. I, again, I know it's Wednesday and maybe we don't normally do altar calls, but I, I wonder if we could close this service up around the altar this evening. And just in a moment of prayer, surrendering it to the Lord tonight. You say, preacher, I don't have any hurt. Well, why don't you come and pray with someone? <laughs> come on, the healer's here tonight. The healer's here.